this is Robert Dillon, the host of the Help Me Understand podcast. Thanks for taking some time to be a part of this project. Listening for ideas and inspiration in a world that continues to be filled with noise is at the heart of this podcast. I'm excited to share my journey to understand in deeper ways by listening to the passionate ideas of educators, thinkers, and entrepreneurs. Help Me Understand is a small opportunity to be hopeful and experience the best parts of humanity. Good day, listeners. It's great to have you back here on the Help Me Understand podcast. Today's episode is a fun one. I get a chance to talk with the CEO of Natural Pod. I think you will see right away that we not only hit it off as uh, fellow colleagues around learning space design, but just as a great human conversation. I feel like they're doing some amazing work in Canada to not only just think about redesigning space, but to really think about the planet, think about the environment, and really helping all of us to be more sustainable. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. And as always, uh, subscribe, rate, and review the Help Me Understand podcast. And now more uh, with Brigitte, who is the CEO of NaturalPod. What's keeping you hopeful these days? What's keeping me hopeful? I think at the end of the day, it's the children, you know, and their resilience, their creativity, their ability to be adaptable, um, to look at the world in a way going, that's possible. Mm. And not to take away the challenging times and not to, you know, not not to downplay that, but to really be aware that there are moments, there's the magical moments, capture those moments, whether it's seeing the bird on the bird feeder or, you know, the sun shining through the window or a flower opening up. They look at those things differently than I guess sometimes that we can. And so just to be reminded of that, I'm really hopeful because of them. You know, I went from being very busy to having a chance to notice. And I do think that is the eye of a child, right? Is to be able mm-hmm. to slow down, notice, be at an angle that I've never been at. Um, and so I find hope there as well, is that we can slow down. Maybe that's a side effect of uh, where we've been. But I think like everybody, obviously, um, everything's changing by the day. And and I think that is the part for me that gets a little bit um, concerning. I don't want things to go so far backwards. There's so much emphasis on preparing for back to school, so to speak. Um, but not really considering the needs of the child. And how to- I just hope that with the virtual models that we try to really encourage um, more communication and collaboration and not have more of that distant socialization, so to speak. I mean, yes, we'll have that physical distance, but that sense of community and connection and communication, I think was really not as powerful as it could be with virtual learning over the last three to four months, because there was so much emphasis on putting so much content online rather than, hey, how are you doing? Let's check in. Where are you currently learning from? You know, um, I mean, I I get, I I have, I've always worked from home. So I've got that privilege of being able to choose when I can move from one chair to the next in a different room. Do children know that they they can do that? I think that it'd be really interesting to say, how do we help children who are are doing virtual learning create the most optimal learning experience and environment in their home, where it could be as simple as having a plant, like I love plants and I have them all over my home, 
because it brings joy to me. I want to see natural light. So there's no window coverings, you know, covering that beautiful tree that's out there. That gives me hope. How do we help inspire that? Yeah, and I think you, you, you touched on a few things there. One, how do we continue to allow kids to be inspired into their learning? How do we let them continue to experience their learning? Mm -hmm. And then um, how do we think of environment in a really dynamic way? Um, there's a, certainly there's a push of what does it look to get back to a physical school building, mm -hmm. but uh, we are learning in, in different environments every day. And just can we help kids figure out where they learn what best? Right, like that's always been my question. Like, do if if a if a child knows that they can write on their front porch, or they can read in their closet, <laughs> or they can go for a walk and take in information, um, that's powerful uh, for children to know those things. Um, and unfortunately, we're going to have a period of time where uh, we roll back the clocks. Uh, we are going to have really odd environments in our physical buildings. Um, but I hope that this does spark a renaissance of how important environment is. And I do think that uh, this socially distant, sterile environment is going to kind of uh, create a pushback uh, to say like, oh, no, 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 this isn't where we want to be long term. And uh, You know, I, first of all, I, what I've been thinking about is how can I reframe this conversation a little bit around um, social versus physical the word social distancing really concerns me a little bit because we're socially disconnected, right? So I want to try to reframe that by going, how do we create some physical distancing, but we're still socially connected? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that would be helpful for our students to learn the differences of those two things because, you know, particularly teenagers and younger children, I mean, children of all ages, let's just be realistic. They need their friendships. They want to bounce ideas off of each other. Even as adults, we need that. You know, I, I remember the first time I could actually see another, you know, someone else outside of my, my bubble um, in the community. And I, and I was like, wow, like, I really miss that, you know? So first of all, I think the conversation comes back to how do we help them know what physical distancing really means in this new time? It doesn't mean that you can't communicate. It doesn't mean that you can't connect or collaborate or be creative. It means that you need to think about things a little bit differently. And that is something when you consider how far we've come in education with collaborative and flexible learning environments, how far we've come with having access to nature, thinking about sustainability, to go backwards, to go back to the sage and the stage mentality and separating those kids is, is gonna be very detrimental um, not only to those students at this time, but thinking about it 10, 15 years from now, what type of thinkers are they going to be? You know, are they going to be really concerned about another as much as they would be if they're learning to connect with somebody else? I mean, when you're consistently isolated or separated, it's easier to go inward than to actually reach out and look up and look at another person. You can still be six feet from somebody else and still connect and collaborate. You know, I think there are creative ways and as, as leading educators and, you know, industry is out there and I mean, short contractors came up with a really interesting piece around, you know, turn back to school about how to create physical distancing using simple things like carpet tiles. For me, it's like, let's get creative. Let's not um, have our children go too far back. Let's keep moving them forward. 
um, yeah, we can, you know, we can think about the cleaning, the air quality, um, you know, different spaces, but I think it's more than that, you know, and how do we help elevate that conversation as opposed to just do the basics? Yeah. And, and it's not a, you know, I hate to call it a race to the bottom because it is about safety and health, but we, we can't, I love the idea of elevating the conversation because, um, we are going to realize very quickly that, um, you know, we're working through such um, a, a messy time with social issues and social justice issues here in the States that we need a greater empathy. And mm -hmm. you know how you build empathy in schools? It's like people communicate across their silos and outside of their comfort zone. And we practice that. And we figure out how to collaborate on a project where we have common interest and common meaning. And if we're not practicing that, what type of social change agents are we helping to foster? And how, what type of leaders are we growing? Um, it leaves me with a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I have a lot of questions, but I really feel this intention to keep, excuse me, to really keep focused on the greater good which is how do we come back to the needs of the child? What's important to them? Ask them, like get them involved in the conversation. What do they wanna see? How is this impacting them? Um, you know, when you're creating a learning structure, whether it be virtual or in, in classroom, you know, what's important to them as well? Yes, they have to follow a certain hour to go in and out of a building, you know, washing hands and all those things, which of course is important for them to understand. But there, maybe we're not thinking about all the different things. And so if a child is stuck in a certain spot and they can't move because of these physical distancing challenges um, and respectfully, it's like, well, what, what, what are the other creative ways that they can um, use that space? How can they connect? My other concern is that when children are learning um, virtually consistently sitting in one place, you know, um, maybe there's like, do you remember that, uh, like musical chairs, <laughs> right? So maybe there's some cool way that we can go, okay, change space in your, in your virtual learning, right? How do, we, how do we bring in more fun in the interactivity of virtual learning? I don't want to go back to textbook learning. What happens with project-based learning is we create thinkers. And for me, a learning space should always be a canvas where they can create and create that beauty and it shouldn't take away from their um for their from their inspiration but only add to it but we have to find ways for movement right like that's the thing right like uh the beauty of some of the spaces that you know you've helped to create i've helped to create is that kids have a choice and movement um mm -hmm. i think we can ask students to stand more often in these environments even if they have to be physically distant Yes. Um, we can, I, there's nothing that says that people have to sit down to learn. Um, we can stand behind our desk. We can stand next to our desk. We can have a thing where like, hey, for the next five minutes, you're going to stand on the left side of your desk. I mean, they may be little things, but I do think it's going to be those little creative things that uh, make this tolerable. Um, and then, you know, where available, and I know some people's seasons are shorter than others, we've got to get outside. Um, oh, absolutely. And yes. uh, I know that, um, I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the work that you do brings a lot of nature in, but we, we've got to try to balance that piece because um, 
this screen time uh, is straining on us all. And, uh, you know, schools have a, they, they play a very important role of holding the individual in a place of care and love and inspiration and motivation that children look up to their educators. They look up to them for um, ideas and how to navigate this path um, and really encourage going, well, how do we bring online creative learning in a way that it can inspire, that can then take that space and that capacity? Maybe, you know, maybe there's some ways that you and I can get creative around, you know, if you have to teach virtual learning, that's just where you're at. Can you do it in an interesting space? Mm. You know, can you move around? Can you create like a where's Wally experience where you hide something in your room when they have to find it during the call, right? Um, what about like, can you name that plant? Or uh, maybe we do theme days where people dress up in different ways or wear a hat or funny glasses or whatever it may be to keep it interesting and to demonstrate that creativity through the learning. Yeah, we, I, I think we have to. And I think that <laughs> I keep talking about synchronous time that we have with kids, mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be so information rich, right? Like you can dispense information via video, via text, via link, but man, the idea that we're going to build community in a virtual environment that we're going to uh, continue to um, really just uh, grow um, those other pieces. I, I think it's really important to laugh and to have joy as a piece of that. Thanks for listening to the Help Me Understand podcast. For more about my work, you can head over to drrobertdillon.com or follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to rate this podcast as it helps alert others to the great conversations and ideas happening in this space. Until next time, this is Dr. Robert Dillon reminding you that an intentional life is filled with awe, curiosity, and joy.